in came Brock McGinn and Dominic Simone. Out went Cody Cece and Freddie Goudreau. Back came Evan Rodriguez. And that's your first day of NHL free agency, Pittsburgh hockey fans. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. And and yes, of course, I'm making light of the gravity of day one of free agency because the truth is day one is probably going to be as momentous as it gets for a while, and it was, in every reasonable measure, a letdown. I I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. I don't think it's devastating, but it's a letdown, even in the context of the Penguins being really tight against the cap, because you look around the league and you see that Vegas and Tampa – They find a way to, whether you want to call it circumventing it or going over it temporarily, but they find a way to keep the guys that they want to keep for the most part or to move the contracts that they want to move. And the Penguins are still just kind of sitting here on contracts that really don't make sense for them, like Jason Zucker's, like Marcus Pedersen's, arguably like Tristan Jari's and making moves that kind of tap dance around those. And I'm not sure that I understand why. I I do get, obviously, that the cap is a significant consideration. I also get that the cap can be... Uh, It doesn't have to be manipulated like what Tampa and Vegas do, although there's nothing wrong with that if you're staying within the rules. But you also can move pieces to clear space for others that make sense, that fulfill needs. And I'm not seeing this either. Are you? I, I, I I don't get trading Jared McCann because you're sure that he's going to be taken by Seattle, and he is, and whatever else, he didn't need to be exposed in the first place. I don't get leaving Brandon Tanev out there unless you're doing something with the money that you're saving from him, not just going out and basically getting another Tanev at a very similar cost, although lesser term, in McGinn. I don't get letting Cody Cece go. And you know I was going to come to this more than anything. I don't get letting Cece go. Yeah, I saw the amount that Edmonton signed him for. It was a multi-year deal that will pay him three and a quarter million. That's less than what most of the Penguins' current defense is getting. Are a couple of them overpriced? Sure. But then work to move Marcus Pedersen out. Do things that make sense. CC is needed, was needed, on this team. Oh, another thing about CC, directly from the mouth of Ron Hextall when he spoke with us yesterday. 
Well, we, we wanted to re-sign Cody, uh, but you probably saw the numbers and there was no real way for us at this point to, to make that fit. Um, so, you know, as I always say with any position, if we can do something to improve ourselves um, and fit under the cap, we will certainly look at it at any position, and that's no different with our defense. Yeah, he wanted to keep CeCe, said that he couldn't make the numbers work. I mean, the players you just signed on this same day, Dominic Simone and Brock McGinn, were that, were what you'd pay for CeCe. Actually, they're a little bit more than that. So I, I don't know. There, there's just some some of this that's just not lining up for me. And as opposed to becoming clearer, it just gets cloudier as you go along. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over two hundred bucks. Fubo TV is sixty five bucks a month to watch all the same channels. No contracts, no catch, cancel anytime. Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this podcast. A seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com slash DK. Once more, that's FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. The part that is starting to at least crystallize a little bit, and hear this out, is that the hockey team is being increasingly, in my view, molded in the image of Mike Sullivan. Innately, I got to tell you that I don't have a problem with that, but I'm attempting to identify the pattern here. Now, the lazy analysis is, oh, they brought back Dom, so everything's being done to whatever it is that Sully wants. That's actually only part of what I'm looking at. I'm Big Simone's supporter. And I got to tell you, for the purposes of discussing and debating sports, I'm really glad Dom is back because this is one seriously polarizing individual with hockey fans around here. But it's not just Dom. Look at Goudreau versus Rodriguez. The naked eye, and actually a lot more than that, tells you that Goudreau is a superior player to Rodriguez. He does a lot more at both ends, and he does it with more polish, coupled with just a relentless work ethic. Now, Rodriguez works every bit as hard. Rodriguez has more of a headless chicken slash loose cannon element to his game. And he's faster. And he rotates in and out of certain positions and can slide up and down the lineup. That's a Sullivan player. Sullivan will take the faster guy 99 times out of 99. Sullivan will also take the winger who can slide up and down, or better yet, go in and take draws when needed, fill in on face-offs, etc., that's a Sullivan kind of player. Now, again, I understand that Freddie can do some of those things too, but in Sullivan's mind, this is the superior player. He stays. The Penguins lose 
McCann, who was, I mean, Sullivan really liked him. It's impossible to not like Jared McCann, and it's impossible to not respect his effort as well as everything else that he uh, contributes to a hockey team tangibly, notably the really good shot. But McCann was never that all-the-way Sullivan player. He wasn't that 200-foot stalwart who was going to be able to figure out how to suppress shots, how to make sure that the puck is clean uh, on an exit, zone exit. And as a result, you saw, I believe, McCann replaced by Simone. Not that these are they're, they're sitting there doing this one for one, but I'm just trying to lay out again something that looks or feels like a pattern, and this is what I'm starting to pick up on. And yet, when I get right down to it, I still can't explain CC, and I still can't explain the lack of moves related to the goaltending. There's got to be more here. There's got to be more. There's got to be something else that makes this make sense. Move Zucker to a team that can handle his cap hit, even if that means getting next to nothing in return, because that cap hit needs to be applied to goaltending. Move Marcus Pedersen, even if it's just in a left-for-right deal, so that you can bring in a right-handed defenseman, enough of this thing, and it seems like Sullivan's finally gotten over it himself, of having guys play on their offsides on the blue line who can partner up responsibly, diligently, exactly the way CC did with Mike Matheson and make it happen, and make it happen. It doesn't matter when. It's you know for people like me you know who are doing shows daily yeah it's going to seem like hey they didn't do anything else today so let's keep talking about it but ultimately nothing has to be done until they start playing hockey games but more has to be done because what's happened to date a isn't enough b doesn't make sense when we come back just one question. It's time for just one question that's brought to you on this program always by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. To find out how you can be part of that, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Once again, that's pittsburghfoodbank.org. question comes from Kevin Mejia, who asks, What does it take for the pens to get flour? Does it need to be a three-team trade so that one can retain on flurry salary? Kevin, I can get into the technical components and potential partners and things like that. The Buffalo Sabres jump out in the latter regard because they have a lot of cap room and they have zero, count them, zero goaltenders. 
So as much movement as we saw yesterday in NHL free agency on the goaltending front, and there was plenty, there's still a lot more to come. And the Sabres unquestionably are going to be involved in that unless they do something that would be even beyond the Buffalo Pale and just try to play the entire season with six skaters on the ice. But the biggest thing that it'll take for the Penguins to bring Marc-Andre Fleury back, I would think is the obvious, although no one really seems to be discussing it. And that is that they have to want to. And I've been saying this and writing this for a while now. There's no indication that they do. I will remind that Hextall has absolutely no connection, emotional or otherwise, to Flurry. I'm sure he hears about him. I'm sure he feels it by being here in this city. I'm sure the same is true of Brian Burke. Doesn't mean they feel that way themselves. And again, there's just not a trace. You've never picked up so much as a infinitesimal morsel from these guys on the record, off the record, on camera, behind the scenes, nothing. I've gotten nothing. Me, I'm talking about me. I've gotten nothing from the Pittsburgh Penguins to indicate that they're interested in Flurry. Jim Rutherford was. Jim Rutherford made a heck of a push for him. Jim Rutherford's not the GM anymore. Jim Rutherford carries absolutely no weight in the organization anymore. Now, if someone like David Morehouse, who's still the team president, or someone higher up the ladder, like, you know, Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle, both of whom love Flurry, if they say something, then you'd get that indication from the active hockey management. But you don't. You don't. So that's what it will take for the Penguins to get flour. This is not something that is going to be palatable, I think, for fans locally. And I don't even know that if you say something like this to fans that they'll want to hear it or that they'll accept it because it just won't register. What do you mean? How could the Penguins not want to have Flurry back? Well, because the Penguins are now run by new people. Would they see the same... Let's say even just from a from a strictly hockey standpoint. You know, look, if you're Morehouse, you can tell Hextall and Burke, listen, uh, we could really benefit business-wise if you go and bring Flurry back. Uh, you know, we're guaranteed to sell this, sell that, uh, you know, extend our season ticket waiting list into infinity and all this other stuff, maybe even jack up prices. I'm making stuff up here, but you get the idea. But if that had occurred, you would have known about it by now. You would have known about it because the Penguins would have been involved in the same talks with the Golden Knights that the Blackhawks ultimately were. It's not like the Golden Knights got some great deal from Chicago, you know? It wouldn't have taken much for Pittsburgh to top it. Didn't happen. 
didn't happen. Didn't happen for a reason. So until that changes, Kevin, and I'm not sure that it will, there's really not much point in trying to figure out which team can do this and that and whatever to facilitate the trade. It's just not going to happen like that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll have another one tomorrow.